Things are changing at a rapid rate these days. Someone said great change is preceded by great chaos, and nothing is so painful to the human mind as a great and sudden change. A lot of truth and plenty to consider in that. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. The Prophet Joel makes clear a a coming change will be a great day and a terrible day. A great day can be, it can be swift and it could be very final. Paul tells us so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, He's saying, listen here very carefully. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We're not going to all die, but we shall all be changed. How fast? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall all be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable And this mortal body must put on immortality. You know, many of us are familiar with that verse and our, and of course, our hope in spending glory with our Savior. But have we been acutely aware the change that's going to be necessary? Paul says it'll be sudden, lightning-like change that occurs out of the midst of all the chaos that's going on in the earth in that time, a, a great tribulation. But it will be a great day. This is speaking of the events following the day of the Lord. Return of the scattered Jewish remnant, newly saved and and now entering into the millennial earth in their earthly bodies. While simultaneously the Old Testament righteous and the saints are receiving their glorified bodies. Boy, that's change. To rule and to reign with Christ who has just returned, the second coming, rapture, first resurrection, the coming of the coming in of the survivors of the great tribulation into the millennial earth. My friends, that would constitute your very great day. On the other hand, change can be terrible, a terrible day, a really bad day. Maybe you, I don't know, having not experienced perhaps the the redemptive work of the Holy Spirit, perhaps somehow you would manage to survive the Great Tribulation. Chances might be very slim, but nevertheless, let's say you survive. That means you've survived the final three and a half years of this age and, of course, God's wrath. Listen to Isaiah chapter 13, verse 12. I'll make people more rare than fine gold and mankind than the gold of Ophir. Therefore I will make the heavens tremble, and the earth will be shaken out of its place at the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. Or how about chapter uh, 24, verse 6 of Isaiah? Therefore a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are scorched, and few men are left. It's still a bad day, a terrible day. Or or perhaps Amos chapter 8, verse 9. And on that day, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. So with all the change underway in that final day of God's wrath, 
you find yourself on the other end of the second coming, rapture, first resurrection, a survivor of the time of chaos, but you, my friend, have just had a very terrible day. You just missed your glorification into a divine state of knowing just as you are known eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, and you must now await a second and final resurrection. And that'll be a long wait. Listen to Revelation chapter 20, verse 5. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Verse 11. Then, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. You know, we've talked considerably about the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the mystery of the gospel, the, the mystery of iniquity, two great mysteries that make very clear we're on a collision course, a collision course that will, that will manifest at the end of the age. And I might add, God's church will play a mighty role in the outcome of that collision and the change, the change that comes as a result of that collision. So if we can be convinced by the, the Word of God, change is coming, how do we prepare? I believe the church is being called on to, to help remove apprehensions and restraints from the body of Christ. Called on, called on to move godly men and women to corporate prayer and intercession in the local church and encourage an apocalyptic form of evangelism that points clearly to the critical must events that will precede the return of Jesus, and, of course, endure the persecution that will come for the word's sake. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his ministry, was clearly aware of what was coming, but I, but I believe more importantly, at least for us, he was astutely aware of the changes coming at the end of the age. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, I know all of you can't do that right now, but when you have a chance, get to 2 Timothy chapter 3, because that's what we're going to talk about now. I, I'm, going to start, uh, I'm going to start at verse 1, but I'm also going to hone in on some specific verses. I promise I'm not going to change the context in any way, just, just pull out the specific passages that point to Paul's point, 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, having a form of godliness, but, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. Paul is talking to young, young Timothy. Timothy is a youngster who's just, not a youngster, he's a young man, but he's now the pastor of the church in Ephesus, a very important church, has a tremendous responsibility, and Paul is giving him some encouragement, and at the same time, he, he's giving him careful instruction in how to steward his life with the days he's going to face. Having a form of godliness, Paul says, but denying its power. And from such people turn away, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Men of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further. Now here it is. Listen to what he says to Timothy. But you, 
but you have carefully followed my doctrine, my teaching, my manner of life, persecutions, afflictions, what persecutions I endured. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Here it is again. But you, you Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Then he goes to chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you, Timothy, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, preach the word. For the time will come when they, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, will heap up for themselves teachers. Here it is again. But you, Timothy, you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You know, we're going to wrap things up here in just a moment, but first we're going to point to at least four things Paul shares with Timothy to prepare him for change. And it's just as applicable for us today. Well, we might ask, how does it affect me? Paul knew what Timothy was going to face and that we, the 21st century church, would also have to face. Paul was first of all determined this young minister would have a good role model. Listen, the Apostle Paul was saying, follow me and expect to pay the price for doing so. Follow my doctrine, follow my teaching, my manner of life, and my persecutions. Paul says, know this, others have paid a great price, know this. And again, he says, know this, because all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will also pay a great price. Paul's saying, Tim, follow me, not from a distance, but real, up close and personal. You see, so much of the church today believes in sound doctrine, but stands with Satan in principle. Uh, what do you mean by that, Bill? Well, Satan's sin, first of all, was rebellion and pride. It's, it's prevalent in the church today, and it's going to grow worse as a counterfeit form of social justice will hold sway over longtime political establishments and ultimately the laws of the land. We must not only deal with strange teachings, even heresies within the church, but also pushback and persecutions by way of political institutions and government. Paul also encouraged Timothy to return to his spiritual roots. Listen to what he says. But as for you, but as for you, Timothy, hooray for Timothy's roots. <laughs> Verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Much of what God is doing in the church today is what was being poured out in the church a generation ago, and I'm, I'm old enough to remember that. But back then, this same thing was freely encouraged without much prompting. So what was it? Holiness. You remember that? Some of you do. Holiness. We were required and, and encouraged to embrace a lifestyle 
of holiness. Now, now listen, don't confuse holiness with legalism. Holiness is a divine desire prompted by the Holy Spirit, a, a desire that causes us to walk outside all the conventional categories of, of religion and cultural influence. Legalism, on the other hand, is, uh, let me just give you an example. If, God, if I don't get it right, you're going to be mostly mad and sad. I, I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't go out and play on Sundays. That was a form of legalism because they said it was the Lord's Day, but it came with no explanation. It came with no alternative activities to occupy a seven or eight-year-old. I grew to think of God as mostly mad and sad. Paul was also adamant with Timothy that he preached the word. No compromise here. Don't spend your time and energy refuting the critics. Uh, Be ready. Stay ready and and keep from having to get ready. In season. Be ready in season. When, When circumstances are favorable and when they are also unfavorable. Preach when you feel like you're so far out in the woods, they would need the male sunlight to you. The Word of God ministered by the Holy Spirit will not return void, folks. Be ready, church. God's raising up prophetic voices in this season. Voices who are going to give vitally important words to the church in this season. Strategies on where to be, when to be there, and what to do when you arrive. Have you considered, listen, have you considered or thought about finances? Saving up for a rainy day or, more aptly put, a bad day. What if, here's a what if, what if God wants you to invest in places of refuge for those, particularly Jews, who will be fleeing from government mandates or, at worst, the rage of the Antichrist? You better learn now how to steward money because you're going to need to know that for the days ahead. And then finally, Paul told Timothy that uh, through it all, maintain good character. Don't don't compromise. 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they, those are the compromising believers, compromising believers for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, sound teaching. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. People want their ears tickled, not pierced. Preaching the word of God by the anointing of the Holy Spirit pierces the heart and can bring change in the midst of chaos. Listen, if you're petting the cat in the wrong direction, let the cat turn around. Paul says in verse 4, And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. We can't straighten everyone out. People get their ears wrenched out of joint. My, my, how often, how often we've seen that in the church. Someone once said, when men and women get intoxicated with heady heresies and sparkling novelties, we, you and I, must remain calm and sane. Remain watchful. Keep our heads in change. Endure afflictions. Not everyone's going to agree with the decision or the direction that God's taking the church or what he's requiring of us in these perilous times. Nevertheless, Paul says, maintain character.
Beloved, we're going to to finish in glory. We are. We have the ultimate promise that if we endure to the end, if we're overcomers, we overcome, of course, by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. That's how we endure, overcoming. Let's pray. Father, uh, we worship you today. Holy are you, Lord, worthy to receive glory, honor, power, might, and dominion. We praise your work in the earth, the change you're bringing, even out of the chaos of today, a chaos that's going to, to worsen. Father, your word says not to be anxious for anything, but in all things give thanks. We're thankful. We're thankful for your divine plan that you established before the foundations of the earth and that it's designed to bring your kingdom and your dominion here on earth and that we are destined to rule and reign with you on this earth. Lord, we ask for insight, revelation for the days to come, that we, that we might steward our lives in the ways you lead for such a time as this. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. We want you to know how much we appreciate your participation in these podcasts. Folks, listen to me carefully here. I need your prayers. I need your prayers in these days as I, as I seek to share only, only what the Holy Spirit places on my heart. I, uh, I agonize that over at times, Father, uh, or, or my friends, because I, I want only what he wants said to be said to you. And I encourage you, of course, to subscribe to the, the Critical Must as I, I try to provide a new episode weekly. I don't want you to miss what the Holy Spirit is sharing these days. So God bless each and every one of you. And Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom.